If you're ready to take your destiny into your own hands, you've come to the right place. This is The Bulletproof Entrepreneur, featuring interviews with the most exciting and amazing entrepreneur. Here's your host, Chi Odogu. Getting your team up to date on the latest skills required for success is hard work, but you don't have to worry about it anymore. Jolt is an online training platform that helps professionals and organizations access up-to-date training from practitioners at the top of their game. No more watching e-learning videos that are not interactive and may contain obsolete information where you access them. Each Jolt training is done live via interactive Skype or webinar and the trainers are both practitioners and thought leaders in your field. So you get the latest information that can change your business at the right time. Visit jolt.us and find out how you can start getting the right training for your team today. That's www.jolt.us. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the show today. If you love what you hear on today's episode of the podcast, go to iTunes and leave a review and a comment. It helps other great listeners like yourself find the show. And of course, you can always find more episodes of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast at www.odogwu.com. That's www.odogwu.com. And without further ado, on with... Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I have a great guest today. I'm talking to Lindsay Phillips. Lindsay is the founder and CEO of Smooth Sailing Business Growth. It's a content marketing firm for life and business coaches, accountants, authors, and other online entrepreneurs across North America. Lindsay and her team help entrepreneurs who realize that it takes a village to actually achieve their dreams. You can't do it on your own and you can't achieve the level of success you desire without creating a team to help you get to where you need to go. So... So what's an entrepreneur to do when you can't do it on your own? Well, you call Lindsay and her amazing team <laughs> and they help you and support you in areas that don't align with your strengths. So take, for example, if you're a great public speaker, you're a great online entrepreneur and you don't like those pesky backend things like, you know, writing your blog post and sharing it on social media and doing everything you need to do to get your name out there. Guess what? Lindsay and her team are the people that will help you. In addition to doing what she does with her business, she also hosts a weekly podcast called Sailing to Success Show, where she shares sound business principles and strategies that will help you grow and succeed as an entrepreneur. So I'm pleased to have her on the line today to tell us a little bit about herself and her experiences as an entrepreneur. So Lindsay, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Appreciate that. So, Lindsay, tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your background and how did you get into entrepreneurship? That is a, a long story. <laughs> but I did used to have a business um, what feels like a lifetime ago, and I used to live out west. Um, and I actually had a business with a couple of partners, and we exported vehicles to the states. So dealt with, like, USDOT and NHTSA and, and, and customs and so forth. Um, and then, of course, the, the dollar you know, did not work in our favor all of a sudden. Okay. Um, Lindsay, before we go on, people don't know where you're talking from. So when you say you export, oh, to say, point. where are you? And then where were you exporting from? Yeah. So I am, am in Ontario, Canada now. Um, but I used to live out in uh, beautiful British Columbia and, uh, yeah, we had offices in Vancouver, uh, Kelowna and Calgary as well. But, 
Um, since I met my hubby, we moved back home to Ontario. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's where, you know, once I got married and had small kids, I just, my path went somewhere else. And and after a while, I just felt like I, I needed to, I didn't want to work for somebody else anymore making pittance. Um, I was working part-time at a publishing company, um, you know, making 11 to $14 an hour. And, wow. you know, my, my, I know, right. My eldest was in daycare. Um, and I'm just like, there has got to be a better way. You know, yeah. I, I have the brains. I've been in business before. Um, I just wanted to be home more for my kids and just create that kind of a lifestyle. So kind of dabbled in the, you know, VA, um, you know, I talked to a lot of people, I did a lot of networking and got a couple of gigs just doing stuff, you know, behind the scenes with one shopping cart and, and, and some online marketing. And I just loved it and mm -hmm. found out more about online marketing and social media and just took courses and of course met more people that way. And there came, which everyone has, that crux where I was still working part time and I was doing, um, you know, this VA stuff online. I didn't have a business name yet or anything. I was just kind of doing it. But I was burning the candle at both ends. And it mm -hmm. came that point where it's like, I I'm either in or I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> so I quit my part time job and I made a website and, and what have you. And I'm just like, I'm all in. And got a couple of clients and they referred me and just networked and it just grew from there. And then eventually it was like, and I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs get this is where, you know, hours equals dollars, right? And yeah. get to a point where you're capped. There's only so much money you can make because there's only so much of you to go around. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and I was doing well and I was happy, but uh, I'm an ambitious person and I'm like, I want more <laughs> and I want to do less and make more money. Right. Yeah. Um, so I yeah, hired my first, um, you know, VA assistant and then I'm like, I could get used to this and project management and stuff like that. And I'm like, the only way for me to scale and grow my business and get more clients is for me to have a bigger team. So now I've got a team, there's 10 of us all together. Um, and, and yeah, it's just, grown rapidly so how did you land your first client because um if you started your own business and you started doing this on the side before you started scaling up to the team of 10 i'm sure it must have been difficult in the early stages to even get that one major client that would make it seem as if yeah you could actually transition this from just a side hustle gig to yeah full-time full living that you can feed your family and pay the mortgage and whatnot with Exactly. Honestly, most of it was relationships that I had with people. Um, you know, I, I had a couple of connections within the VA sphere, I guess, or web world or whatever. And there were some things that they didn't want to do. They focused on something different. So they passed their name on to me. And then, and just same with like just taking courses and being part of a mastermind group and mm. the connections that I had um, and just getting referrals um, yeah, I, it, it's, it just kind of grew organically. I don't, it's kind of strange. It's mm. not like, I mean, there's a lot of people that go on, you know, Upworks or, um, you know, I can't freelance or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, there's my mom.com by all means, anyone starting out in, in the VA in, if you will, or, or 
if they're web developers, if they're copywriters, whatever, um, there are tons of opportunities within those um, those organizations to, to get that start, right? Yes. Yes, there are. Yeah, go on, Lindsay. Oh, yeah, and then just you kind of mentioned earlier about me flipping from VA to content marketing, and that was more me realizing things that I didn't like to do and things that I did like to do. I was kind of finally got to a position where it's like, you know, I hate doing X, Y, Z and I don't want to do that anymore. Um, but it was also, you know, I was really excelling in content marketing for my clients and more people were coming to me for that type of um, expertise. And, and plus, it, it's easier for me to scale my business mm -hmm. if I'm niched. And I'm, it's easier to create my packages, it, you know, increase my revenue. Um, some people, as you may know, they're scared of niching down. Mm -hmm. But in reality, if you niche down your expertise, um, you actually have more opportunity for growth and you have more opportunity to scale your business and, and run it smoothly. Yeah, and you get to be known as an expert and an authority and a leader in the space, and that opens up um, the pond for you. So it's like being a general practitioner. I don't know what they call them in the UK, but the GPs over here. Yeah, same thing, yeah. Uh, and then you have the um, neurosurgeon that only does mm -hmm. the brain that you get hit by a car from the left side, and that guy is obviously going to be paid way more money than the guy that just treats the common cold. Yeah, that is so true. Um, and it's, it's, it's what I have my passion for. I, I love it. Um, I get kind of not laughed at, but my husband sometimes is like, I hear you like strategizing with a client and man, you're like all fired up and <laughs> you talk a mile a minute. I'm like, I know I got to slow down sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Lindsay, in the VA space, people normally think of hiring VAs from, you know, other parts of the world, especially Asia, we talk about Philippines or yeah. India or wherever, where the costs are much, much lower. And then mm -hmm. obviously, if the costs are lower, you kind of get what you pay for. So your VA might not be of the best caliber, as it were. So what um, was your competitive advantage launching a VA business based out of North America, servicing North American clients, even though they know they could probably get a cheaper mm. option overseas. Some there's a couple of points that I kind of want to bring attention to here is that sure. some like there's different kinds of VAs, okay. right? And and I even kind of hate the term VA because it's such a broad term. I mean, yeah. and it can mean so many different things to so many different people. Yeah. Like a VA to me is like, you know, someone checking my inbox and managing my emails or my schedule and doing quotes and, you know, maybe some bookkeeping. But a VA to someone else, it might mean social media or, I mean, there's web-based VAs that, you know, do that techie stuff or there's VAs that are only doing like accounting and bookkeeping. So, I, I think people really need to stop and think about what is it that they need help with mm -hmm. and do I need an expert in that to do that particular job. The other point I want to raise is that some people, you know, I mean, I have a couple of VAs that are, you know, I have one that's in the Philippines um, 
And for a client where outsourcing and there's lead research and sales calls and emails and stuff, and that's outsourced um, out of the country as well. And that has its space for sure. Mm -hmm. But a lot of entrepreneurs want to have someone on their team. Mm. So to like give input and direction mm. and know their brand inside out and to build that relationship. So that is that to me is different. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yes. So it's not basically a transactional experience. Yeah. It's more like it's a team person but not necessarily an employee, kind of like a partner. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then think of me as someone that's on your team for your online marketing or maybe you just need administrative support. Um but yeah, I think people just or entrepreneurs just they think you know I'm overwhelmed and I'm stressed out and I'm freaking out and stuff like that. I need a VA. But I've even had people call me and they're like, I need help. I need a VA. And I'm like, okay, like what areas are you thinking of delegating or outsourcing? And they have no clue. Mm. They have no idea. I guess what the options are, and they have no idea what they're willing to let go of. Yeah. Um, a lot of entrepreneurs, I even have some clients, I'm like, you don't need to be doing that. Like <laughs> get your assistant to give me that information. You know, you're the owner. You, you can't be the bottleneck in the situation either, but, yeah. um, they need to feel okay to let go and they need to really be clear about what tasks they want to offload to allow them to work, you know, on their business more. So in your experience, Lindsay, what's the biggest problem people you work with, entrepreneurs, coaches, small business owners, what's the mm. biggest problem they're facing that they say, hey, I need Lindsay to swoop in and come and save the day for me? That's a good question. The, the biggest is that um, they know they need to do content marketing. They know they need to put out blogs or videos or a podcast they need to be consistent with social media marketing and interact and engage with people, but they don't have the time. So it falls on the back burner. Mm. It's like if you go to your Facebook and your posts are like, they're crazy awesome one week. And then there's like, you know, you've fallen off the face of the planet for two weeks. Mm. That's not consistent branding. And that's, you're not going to keep people, you're not going to be top of mind with people. Right. Um, so it's like if, if you see that your marketing efforts are inconsistent yeah. or, or little to none, um, and also if you realize that there's all these things that you want to, um, like all these goals that you have that you want to accomplish, but you haven't, oh, I keep meaning to do that. I keep meaning to start a podcast show. I've wanted to accomplish this by this date, but it didn't happen. If those things are coming up, then you know that you need support in some way. Otherwise, you're not going to meet your goals. You're not going to keep moving forward. Um, so those are the two big markers. And 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 some of my the people that I have calling me and my clients and stuff. It's again, they know that they need to do a video on the podcast, or they don't know how, mm. or they don't have time. Where really, in all reality. If they give me a blog or they give me a blog topic or they record a few videos in one week or a few podcasts, we take care of the rest. So that's such a minimal time effort on their behalf. And then we handle all the rest so they can just breathe easy and focus on their own thing. 
so that kind of reminds me of um, as we were talking about the specialist doctor for example mm-hmm. somebody that spent 20 something years learning their craft they are not going to want to spend another 20 minutes even trying to learn oh, how to blog or how to blog oh hell no yeah they're not going to I think the word is maybe work in their business but on their yes. business they're going to do what is the highest and best use of their time that will bring in more money but they know that the other stuff supports the business and will keep them out there in front of people and generate traffic for them to to be getting those clients coming in on a steady clip which is what you're saying yeah exactly and i've got a good story for you because i'm sure as hell i'm a control freak man (laughs) i i even forget sometimes i'm like why am i doing this i'm like my team needs to do this for me like every now and then i gotta like really pay attention to what it is that i'm doing it was like, um, and I, I write my a lot of my own blogs because I love to do it, and I and I love sharing that information. Mm-hmm. But it's I stopped and thought, I'm like, okay, how long does it take me to write a blog? I mean, maybe forty five minutes. Mm. And I stopped and thought about it one day. I'm like, okay, what is my hourly time worth? If I, you know, break down, okay, what my income is for the year, break it down, you know, per day, per hour, whatever, and then I'm like, would I? would I pay someone that amount of money to write an article? I'm mm-hmm. like, uh-uh. But, and I have resources where they can write an article for me for like next to nothing. Mm. And all I have to do is take 10 minutes to tweak it and make it my own, and then it's done. Mm. So I'm like, my, my time is so much more valuable. Dollars and cents wise, it makes more sense for me to outsource that piece, yep. me to fluff it up, mm-hmm. and then launch it. Yeah. So it's like, I did the math and I'm like, well, duh. <laughs> it makes more sense for someone else to write it for me. Yeah, and then you just uh, spend 10 minutes, uh, put the Lindsay magic on it, yeah. and then it becomes, <laughs> it becomes what you I want know, it to be. I know, because it's so, yeah. And it's so much easier to, to tweak and change things and add to than it is to start from scratch. Yeah, yeah. So now where entrepreneurs are actually starting out, a lot of entrepreneurs are, like you said, control freaks, and they're also all <laughs> over the place. They want to do everything all at once. So that yeah. means there's very little to no structure in terms of setting up their businesses. Now, in your experience, what's the importance of having SOPs and systems in place that will help you or any VA that comes aboard be more successful and be more impactful to what the entrepreneur is doing as a business owner. Yeah, I'm glad you asked that. Not, not a lot of people ask me for that portion of it. Um, are, to me, again, being a control freak, it's like systems and procedures are absolutely crucial. And I like I have Teamworks in my system um, where all my staff is in there, and we have tasks and project management. Um, and I've got screencasts galore of how to do specific things because. If you want um, standardized quality in work that's being put out, and if you want, um, even I'll give an example for like client onboarding, right? Mm-hmm. If if one of my clients is a coach, and they you know get a new client on board, you don't want things to be missed. You don't want um, to forget to send out a thank you package to your new clients. That's just not cool. You don't want to forget to give them crucial information. You don't want to forget about their payment six months down the road. There are certain procedures that you want to make sure that you follow 
that allows you to not skip any steps, to forget any customer service elements, and even um, forget any branding, any payments. I mean, there's so many different ways, but you can't do that on your brain alone. You have to have systems, procedures. You have to have things documented. And yes, it sucks to like start it all up, um, but it is so worth it in the long run. And I've completely revamped my systems and procedures for me and my team um, twice now over the past couple of years because our focus has changed, because my team has grown. Um, and that's okay. It's, it's, it's ever changing so that it's always efficient. Mm. And as a specialist in content marketing, content marketing plays what role in terms of helping entrepreneurs and business owners attract new clients? Because people talk about we need to do content marketing, we need to we need to get ourselves yeah. out there creating the podcast. But if you create the podcast and you put it out there in a vacuum, how does it actually bring clients to your business, which is what you want, right? How does it help the you key, generate yeah. money? If you put it in this way, and I, I know this, you know, metaphor is probably overused, but it's like if you met someone on the street that you thought was really, you know, attractive and you liked what they had to say, whatever, um, are you going to ask them to marry you right away? You're not. You're going to ask for the date. You're going to get to know them. You're going to talk to them. You're going to tell them about yourself. And then they'll be like a date. And then maybe you can steal, you know, weekend and then they start you know watching your videos they're like man this person knows what they're talking about you know what they can really solve this problem that I have you know and then and plus you're gonna share it with other people so you're gonna increase your circle if you will increase your exposure so that even more people know about your brilliance and your expertise what you have to offer and then once you bring through that through those channels whether it's a lead magnet or social media or they're reading a blog Hopefully, you're going to get them on your e-list so that you can have better sales funnels to nurture them and, and offer them um, some of your lower paying services to kind of move them up the ladder so that they eventually say yes to your, you know, your big ticket item, which obviously is the end goal. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's some things you just mentioned right now. Because for us in the online space, we have our terminology and our lingo like you would in every industry. So you just mentioned mm -hmm. things like sales funnel lead magnet mm -hmm. and all that stuff so for an online business for example take for example like uh johnny joe accountancy that's only working between january and april 15th he doesn't understand what a sales funnel is he doesn't understand right. what, what a lead magnet is so if you're working with such a person to mm -hmm. be their face on the internet for example how would you advise them as a partner how to start creating those um online things that we have like sales funnels and lead magnet and um you know your core offers and your tripwires and all that stuff so that they can start to understand that these things are not abstract yeah. and there's a sequence to creating your business 
Hello. Howdy. Sorry. The internet the, went sideways. Yeah, the rain. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> trying to remember what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, so we're talking about um, teaching offline businesses. These are our internet terminologies and processes that we use to help grow their businesses in terms of creating stuff like. Uh, oh, yes, the accountant, so, the good old accountant. Yes, like a sales funnel and whatnot. Alrighty. Um, so yeah, I, I do work with a couple of accountants and, and they weren't so sure about the whole, um, you know, lead magnet sales funnels thing. Um, but, I, you know, if, if they're, if people are landing on your, your website, you want them to stay, you don't want them to look at your stuff and then just oh, I'll check that out later. And then they forget. And then they just don't stay in touch with you. Whereas if, someone goes to your website and you've got a free checklist, you know, a free list of what, you know, the best write-offs are, then they're gonna be like, oh, that's great free information. I'm going to sign up for that. Um, so once they sign up, then they're on your e-list. That way you have control over staying stop, uh, top of mind mm -hmm. and nurturing them and building that relationship, giving them more content, giving them more tips, and then like, hey, there's, you know, I've got a book about this. Maybe you'll want to learn more or, you know, it's deadline time, you know, get a tax plan and whatever the call to action is. I can't think of it right now, mm -hmm. but it gives you an opportunity to ask for that sale or ask for that call to action where so your your lead magnet clearly is is keeping your grasp on them for so to speak. And then your email marketing and your funnels allows you to nurture, to stay in touch, stay top of mind, but then also ask for that sale. Mm. And you're able to do that on a mass level, depending on how many people you have on your e-list. Yeah, because I read, I think I read somewhere that it takes about eight to 10 touch points with a potential client before yeah. they become a client. Whereas many people in the uh, offline business space they just believe well, once somebody comes, I talk to them, yeah, they'll buy for me or they won't buy for me. Whereas people might just not be ready to buy at that point in time. Yeah. Exactly. And you you wanna you want them to be impressed with what you know. You you want them to like the fact that you're giving them free information. Mm -hmm. Um and just getting to know you, you know, and don't be afraid to be quirky and, and talk about your family life or that you went camping on the weekend or people want to connect with real human beings, not just a business. So what's the sweet spot in, stem, in terms of creating uh, content? So is it you create content 50% of the time or create content 80% of the time and you distribute 20% of the time? Like what really drives um, that top of the funnel um, attracting clients into your business in your opinion? I've never been asked it that way before. I don't really have a specific formula. And you know what? In all honestly, every every industry and every um, customer or prospect is slightly different. I think the key is for people to have a full understanding of who their ideal client is. I mean, there's no sense in, you know, marketing up the yin-yang on Twitter mm -hmm. if you're audience and your your target customer is not in Twitter you know if they're only in Facebook and LinkedIn then that's where you need to spend the time and the money and push the content if you find out that your audience depending on the age and the demographics and what their interests are or whatever if they are 
you know, video watchers and they don't like to read anything, then that is really crucial to where you're going to market and what kind of content you're going to push out there. Mm. And then, so I think that is more important to really understand what their pain points are, what they want to know, where they're living, where they're hanging out, how they like to absorb content. Maybe they're, maybe they hate podcasts and they love videos. I mean, Mm. you need to know. Um, And then the other part is you can't just push out the content and then hope for the best. Yeah. You need to, you know, if someone's commenting on your posts or liking it, thank them, ask them questions, you know, go onto other people's pages and, and comment on their stuff to get a conversation going. Don't be afraid to reach out through direct messages. Um, you know, it's, it's that engaging in the interaction and like you are actually having a conversation and getting to know people that is crucial. Hmm. But, but some people are always afraid that if they start to do that, start engaging and start asking questions, they'll feel as if it's being manufactured, you know, like it comes off as like, Oh, they're kind of just trying to just be nice that it's not really organic. So there's, there's that fear on that. end. what would you say? to that I think just be yourself and be authentic you know and if there's stuff that doesn't resonate with you on a particular post of you know someone you know or someone that you're connected with if it doesn't resonate with you then don't pretend that it is like just mm-hmm. bypass that and find one that does resonate with you and you know hey here's my opinion or I really like that picture or even just good for you congratulations you know mm-hmm. or hey I checked out this blog last week that that you wrote and you know, I really liked this point that you raised. It's it's being genuine and being truthful, and um, and yeah, just being honest with who you are and and what you're liking. So when it comes to being genuine, honest, and who you are, there's this statement where they say you must be everywhere: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, podcast, blogs, YouTube, everything at once, and. Um, for someone like me, I'm a bit of an introvert. I prefer not to be seen. I, I rather prefer to be heard. That's why I stick behind the mic. And I, <laughs> that's why I hide behind the mic and uh, people can hear my voice, but they didn't see my face. But for people who are actually considering, you know, how can I start getting myself out there? Because, okay, maybe I will hire a VA or I will hire a content marketer. What, what's the best approach to start doing this thing on your own as a person because you're trying to create a bit of a celebrity for yourself and um yeah what works for you so how would you advise people because eventually i know that though i'm hiding behind the microphone my face still has to get out there in mm-hmm. video because of the way the world <laughs> is going but um, you do video you do podcasts you write blogs how did you start developing your own content strategy in terms of putting yourself out there and getting people to know you that's and it's so hard for many people, right? I, I remember it was a year and a half ago. So I, I have a, a, a business coach and a you know mastermind program. And I knew I had to, you know, get out more content, blah, blah, blah. And I was gonna do a video show and a podcast. And my business coach is bugging me forever to do it. And I was so resisting. And I may seem like a really outgoing person, and I, I can be. But for me to do my podcast show and me to do my videos, I was scared crapless. <laughs> I resisted 100%. And I like almost wanted to vomit when I filmed my first videos. 
and they do suck and I've taken a couple of them down since. Um, but it's like my coach said, it's like, you got to do what's scary to you. You got to do what's outside of your comfort zone or you're not going to move forward. And then he, and he also told me like, you got to suck it up and just get over it. <laughs> I'm like, fine, <laughs> tough love. Um, and then, but once I started doing it, I felt more comfortable. And mm. now it's like, you know, I do my videos and in my comfort level is for me not to stand there and talk necessarily. It's for me to share my screen and show like how to stuff. Cause I think it's fun and I'd like to learn that way. So I don't feel like the spotlight is all on me all the time. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, I'll do them. And my hair's not perfect and I may not have makeup on, but I'm like, but I want to get this video out because I'm committed and I want to get the content out and I just do it anyways. And I've kind of just suck it up and move on. <laughs> and honestly, but the funny thing is, is like, I am so not comfortable with like going live on Facebook yet. I don't know what it is. And I know someone probably needs to smack me upside the head. And so I've like, I've done everything else. <laughs> but I haven't really gone live on Facebook yet. Someday I may. Um, but it, it's knowing what your comfort levels are. And, and once you do it a few times and you just, you know, you forgive yourself for not being perfect. It's mm. okay. People don't want you to be perfect. They want you to be relatable. They want you to give good content. Um, and, you know, after you've done 20, you can take down the first two if they suck, kind of like yeah. I did. <laughs> and um, and then you do get comfortable with it. Now I'm like, it's fine. And then I thought it was going to be weird being interviewed, right? Yes. Uh, like. What am I going to talk about? I know I know my stuff and, and what have you, but I wasn't completely comfortable with that. It yeah. took a good few interviews for me to be comfortable being interviewed and yeah. talk. And now I love it. Yeah. I honestly just feel like I'm connecting with you and that we're just chit-chatting and have a conversation. Yeah. And for me, it's like you're in Africa right now and I'm in Canada. Like how cool is that yeah. that we're having a conversation online? Yes, I need, to be, on, I need to be on the internet where everybody around the globe will listen to this. It's just We live in such I know, an amazing it's so time. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, so I think if you, yeah. And honestly, you just kind of have to bite the bullet. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, so, and, yeah, go oh, on. Go ahead. Go on, no. Oh, I was just going to say video can be really crucial because if people see your face and your eyes, they feel like they know you and they feel yeah. like they can trust you, yeah. you know? Yes. Yes. But um, video is great in that sense, especially when we're all conditioned because we watch movies, TV shows and all that mm -hmm. stuff growing up all through our lives. So we're used to having a face to the voice. But the yeah. thing I like about audio, it goes back to ancient ancient times i remember growing up even as a kid in africa when even in the evenings when we didn't have power or something you know they'd call us and we'd just say hey, we'd have some stories my mom would tell a story or it's, it's one of those things where no matter where you go like even in north america my friends used to go camping and they tell stories stories that you just share yeah. your voice and you're imagining and you're emoting and all those feelings are coming through your voice and your mannerisms yeah those things are also very powerful so yes it's um challenging for a lot of people but at the same time you know we're all human beings we all make mistakes if you yeah, don't sit down and you, if you don't bite that bullet you you'll never you'll never grow and succeed the expert you know today didn't start out that way oprah was told she sucked yes and that's you know that is a very good point and i remember seeing um maria forleo and she's like her videos are like so polished and she's gorgeous in this beautiful studio 
but it's like her first couple of videos were like her in her kitchen. And I'm like, she can do it. And she started off somewhere. Then so can I. Yeah. You just have to start. So yeah, Lindsay, when you started, what were some of the biggest challenges you faced in terms of your business? Some of it was, uh, I was sort of my own enemy and it's that whole mindset thing, right? Mm. Like, who am I to do this or who's going to want to hear from me? So that whole mindset thing can really trip you up and stop you from mm. moving forward, doing a lot of things. And, and even like me joining a mastermind group, I'm like, oh, you know, the investment and, and, and. And just, I don't know, I was like tripping myself up with my brain. But like once, and I find this very often, once I say yes and I take action, I feel empowered and I feel inspired and I feel motivated to do more. Mm -hmm. And and it's like I'm all excited, right? And I do more and I accomplish more. And it's that whole snowball effect. Yeah. Um, yeah, but if I, if I, I, I can't let my mind kind of trip me up. I, I have to keep that in check sometimes. Um, so I would say that is honestly the biggest challenge. Um, yeah. And was, having enough time in a day, <laughs> but yeah, we all have that. Especially like as a mom, an entrepreneur, yeah. a wife, a family owner, a family, yeah. family person, business owner, you have so many things pulling you at the same time. Yeah. So how do you manage your time? How do you do it all? I make sure that uh, I haven't been very good at it this week, but I go to the gym and I thought to myself, I wasn't going to have time for it. Like there's too much business, there's too much work. Um, but I'm actually more focused and clearer headed after I go to the gym so I can get more done in a day. Um, that has helped me tremendously. Um, I, I've worked my business so that I don't work evenings anymore there'll be one in a blue moon when there's a deadline or something, but I need that downtime. Otherwise I don't sleep properly. Um, so kind of knowing your limits and setting boundaries for yourself. Um, those two things, um, have really helped. And what's been the most frustrating thing about being an entrepreneur in your experience? giving up control and managing staff sometimes <laughs> mm. <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i love my team dearly but every now and then you know things don't go your way or you know and sometimes i'm the problem i didn't explain something properly um but it's i love it and i'm so thankful for my team and they are absolute rock stars but um yeah it it just it, naturally right it can be a, a challenge every now and then um <laughs> so is your team 100 percent based in canada where you are or distributed across the globe yeah i've got uh one in the philippines a bunch in the states and um some canadians okay so how do you create and build the culture i that's a good question I'm myself, like I, they still see me as like goofy or I share funny stories or, you know, it's not like I'm stiff and uber professional. Do you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I think I'm able to connect with them on a human level. I ask them what's going on in their lives. Like a couple of them I'm really good friends with. Mm. Um, and I think me showing interest in their lives and vice versa, it feels more 
like a fun relationship. And we have team meetings every now and then that are Zoom so we can see each other's faces. Um, and I'd like to get their input on, you know, here's what I'm doing with the business in the next year. You know, what's going right? What's not working for you? You know, what do you think of this system? Like, I want their input. A bit, I don't want to be a dictator where it's like, these are the systems and this is what has to be. If, if they're on the front lines, if it's not working, then I need to know. Um, and I've gotten their input on like what our company core values are. Um, so they understand, you know, what I want from my clients. And I also let them take the lead on things um, with my clients. I'm like, if this comes up, you know, just fix the situation or how are you going to solve it or, or whatever. Um, and they've got their own kind of sense of freedom as well. Yeah. Lindsay, we live in fast moving times. There's a rise of um, AI, machine learning, and so many tech stuff are just popping up all over the place. And people are kind of scared that their jobs are not going to be there in three to five years. You as a content marketer, there are so many tools and systems that are coming out into the marketplace that are making it difficult for people to continue to make a living as a content marketer where you have an AI system that can possibly write... um, blog post and analyze what's going to be the best headline what's going to be the most um, Mm -hmm. evocative narrative to put out there so how are you preparing to stay i think i'm going to call it future proof and um (laughs) bulletproof with all the changes in technology as things are moving so quickly these days it is moving quickly i've actually um one of my team members, I'm designating her as my kind of R&D um, because there are so many tools out there and it's like, how do you even have the time to know what your options are, what works, what doesn't work? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I, I'm definitely moving in that direction to have some help with that whole R&D thing. And I'm kind of, a, I love tools. Like I I can't just hand them to my team and sign up and figure this out and let it work for the client. I'm like, I, I, I personally need to know like what it does, how to optimize it because that's just the way I am. Mm. Um, I never, I, I don't think humans are ever going to be out of the loop. There are a lot of tools, but to me, the tools make you more productive. They make you able to optimize the content that you're putting out there or more visually appealing, but you're always going to have, you always need to have your, your voice in the content, right? And your point of view, your angle, your personality. Um, it always has to match your branding, um, whether it's conceptual or visual. So, and you're building relationships with people and that's what the content's doing. So you have to have that human aspect in it. And as we start to wrap up the show, Lindsay, uh, I have two final questions for you. So if you were to go back in time to when you first started out your business, what would you do differently given what you currently know now? I would have hired hired a team sooner. (laughs) Um, Why? Because then I could um, scale quicker and I, because uh, I went through a big period where I was burning myself out, doing too much and doing it all. Um, and I, I, yeah, if I had a, a team earlier, then I, I could have scaled and uh, created more time for myself for sure. 
Um, I don't really have any regrets. I mean, I think my business moved kind of organically and in a way that suited me. Um, sometimes it went a little fast and then I, you know, freaked out and then I had to change my systems and it all kind of worked out into place. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I don't, there's not really a lot that I would change to be honest. Mm-hmm. And for people that are thinking of starting a new business or thinking of even leaving corporate to launch out mm-hmm. on their own or people that just graduated, I don't know when is graduation in Canada, but in America it was in May. So people are just coming mm-hmm. out of school yeah, and, and they're looking and they're seeing the future as uh, uncertain, don't know what to do with themselves. What would you advise such people to do to prepare themselves for life? I think if anyone's looking at starting a business, you need to be really clear on what your message is what you're offering people and what that looks like conceptually, but also logistically, um, and really have a clear idea as to who you want to target and what that person or your ideal client looks like. Mm. Um, I don't think you can move forward. You can't create a website. You can't write the content. You can't do any of that until you have those things in place. Great. And with that said, Lindsay, we've reached the end of the interview. So where can people find you if they want to learn more about you and your business and interact with you? Sure. They can go to smoothbusinessgrowth.com and there is a start here page um, for anyone that's looking for help um, with content marketing and growing their business. Um, I do have a sister site, which is lindsayphillips.com that houses my videos, my blogs and my podcast show. Um, of course, that is linkable from the smoothbusinessgrowth.com as well. And what about social media? What's your favorite uh, channel? I love Twitter. I mean, Facebook, I'm, you know, connected with a lot of people that I know personally mm-hmm. um, through business and stuff like that. But um, I hate LinkedIn secretly. <laughs> and uh, I do. I, I can't get into it. And But Twitter, I really like. Um I, I like that it's short, quick snippets of information that you can devour. Um, I find it really fun. Great. And with that said, Lindsay, I'd like to thank you for coming to share your words of wisdom about yourself and your business and just giving us the basics of what it takes to become an awesome content marketer. So do you have any final words of wisdom for those listening out there? Just if anyone is um, holding back or feeling stuck, just say yes and take action. Great. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you. That- Thanks for tuning in to listen to today's episode of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast. As always, you can find more episodes and more information about the show that you just listened on our website, odogwu.com. And whatever you're doing, I hope you have a profitable and pleasurable day. Cheers, guys. Bye. Don't let another minute go by without taking action to change your life. Visit Ordeshi.com right now for more incredible resources. And we'll see you next time on Ordeshi, the Bulletproof Entrepreneur.